Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 19th episode of Socks and Four Podcast presented by Ride the Wave Media. We're the guys over from Hot Corner, and we're uh, brought to you by 1 in 100. 1 in 100 is the only online raffle website giving fans and experience seekers the chance to win tickets to live sporting events, concerts, music festivals, and more. Whether it be from your desktop or mobile device, winning tickets to your favorite events has never been so easy and fun. Choose your desired event, purchase a raffle ticket into the draw, and you could be the lucky winner. I know that 1 in 100 keeping us alive. They got a lot of fun stuff coming out for the Bruins and the, the Celtics now that the Patriots season is over. So be on the lookout for that. Enter into the draw. You could be sitting basically almost courtside row four for, for next to nothing. It's definitely worth the entry into the draw. But we are back. It's baseball time. It's January, but we got a lot of news happening right now. Red Sox making deals across the league. Uh, we got all, all kinds of free agency things happening, and we're going to cover it all in this, hopefully try to get it all done in one show. Got a lot to talk about. Um, my name is Brandon. We got Matt, and we got Dylan with us today. Good to see you guys. What's up? How you guys doing? I'm Matt Marini. First time making my debut on the podcast. I'm a rookie here. Uh, I've been at Ride the Way for a while. First time on the pod. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to, excited to be here. Fun stuff. Yeah, uh, we're very high tech in this podcast. We got me and Matt on the same screen right here. But yeah, hey, how's we, it going, guys? We cross country covering socks right now. Yep. Miles, miles, million of miles apart, something like that. It's but been a while. Uh, let's let's uh, let's start. The 2019 Red Sox didn't live up to expectations. We're on to 2020 now, but we do have to say goodbye to a few uh, fan favorites that have have departed the Red Sox officially. So we're not going to say goodbyes to. The goodbyes to like the guys like Brock Holter or, or Mitch Moreland, guys that aren't officially gone, gone and signed with another team yet. But we're gonna definitely gonna say goodbye, good luck to our former Cy Young winner, Rick. Let's let's Porto. start off with the good news here. Okay, let's start off with the good news. You want to start uh, with the not, good news? We're not saying goodbye to Mookie Betts. We're not yet. saying goodbye yet. to Mookie Betts yet. Yet, yet, yet. We got him for one more season. As of today, a few hours ago, Mookie Betts' arbitrated value, him and the Red Sox agreed to $27 million contract for the one year, one season with the Red Sox. This is the last year of club control for the Sox, um, and that one that will we'll see Mookie staying in Boston for at least the remainder of the 2020 season. If not, he may depart free agency. He may, if the Sox, if these 2020 Red Sox aren't performing to the standards that everyone's going to be holding them up to, because it's a Boston based team, you may see Mookie Betts being traded before the, before the deadline, kind of like a Machado um, situation to a, to a real contender. If the Red Sox aren't living up to expectations, because that's, it would be really hard to keep a guy like that around. Who's arguably a top, top two, top three player in this league and see wanting him to stay in a, in a club that's not performing up to expectations, especially for two years in a row, if that does end up happening. Yep. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that we have him again, but then again, if, like you said, if the Red Sox have another season where they're middle of the pack or below, then it, it's really all for naught because he's going to get traded. Exactly. If, if we're not a real contender, it's going to be, I, here's my prediction. He's going to make it through the whole season. He's going to have an amazing season. He'll be up at the top of the MVP list again. But um, the Red Sox have to – Close to the top. Clo- we'll see. We'll see about that one. <laughs> okay. I think he has a shot of winning MVP. But the Red Sox really got to compete this year. These players mm-hmm. really want to prove it, especially with Mookie's last season. be very nice if we could go on a championship run this year. Yeah, this is kind of like one of those prove-it years. Like, usually you see, like, a prove-it year with a player specifically. Like, you get them, like, on a low-contract deal. But this is, like, a prove-it deal with the rest of the Red Sox. Like, all these guys that are signed, like, beyond the 2020 season. Like, these guys want to be playing with one of the best players in the world. It's not like you're going to want to see a guy that, that, that has that much talent depart and play somewhere else. Those are the guys you want to have with you, and you're not, you do not want to be playing against them. So it, uh, it is definitely like a prove-it year for the entire franchise. Like, hey, you had all this talent two years ago. You had the same exact talent last year. How are you going to manage it this year? How are you going to make it through? Yeah, I agree with you. I hope that's how the players respond this year. Yeah. Right? They should all have chips on their shoulders because this past season, they had so much talent. They yeah. finished in third place, 84 and 78. Yeah. The pitching was brutal. The offense couldn't come together when you needed them in the ninth. 
there was mm-hmm. it was a good offensive season, but the pitching man, the bullpen, even the starting rotation had a lot of injuries too. And a lot yeah. of game a lot of games slip away. They were they they were leading games into the 7th, 8th innings and would they were losing probably 10% of those games. That's true. An example, Chris Sale last year, mm-hmm. 17 strikeout game. They couldn't, couldn't pull it win. together. Couldn't, couldn't win. win yeah. That was against that was against Colorado. I remember that. That was really yep. frustrating. That was that might be like of all the disappointing bullpen situations that happened with the Red Sox last year and seeing this Chris Sale like he was talking to Alex Cora. like there's video of it in in the dugout like hey, I'm, I only need three more for 20. Like, why not? It's only happened once this century or like once this decade. Why not? See if I can be the second guy to do it. And, and I was kind of like, it was like, what? Eighth, ninth inning? That's like, what I was saying. I really wanted him to go out another inning. No. He and had to. He probably could have got one or two, but maybe would have yeah, got Yeah, he had it. But he the, had the offense wasn't producing anything. You got to help that guy out. You sign an yeah. extension to yep. stay here. You got you to gotta make him like, Get him some wins. He's one of the best talents in the American League, pitching-wise, and you have to be able to, to back that guy up, get him the, the, the wins he deserves. That just proves you how frustrating the season was. Yeah. I mean, this was one of the top moments of the season, too. 17 mm-hmm. strikeouts for Chris Sale. Mm-hmm. Like, it was one of the best moments of the season. And it seemed like a reoccurring theme, too. Our offense would be good four, four games straight. That, that time of the week comes around where it's Chris Sale's turn. Nothing happens. You're getting one, dead. two, maybe three runs if you're lucky in those games. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was so frustrating to watch. Also, with Mookie Betts getting a new arbitrated deal, we have two more players today that got their 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 deals figured out and what their salaries are going to be for 2020. One of those being Jackie Bradley Jr., who is also in the final year of his contract with the Red Sox and final year of club control before he's a free agent. Same Same situation as Mookie Betts, just getting paid. 15 16 million dollars less jackie bradley jr's deal is set for 11 million dollars in this this upcoming season and he's still still on the trade block what do you guys think about that i i agree i i've been a vocal supporter of jackie bradley at least being an option for a trade because i mean obviously what he does in defense is incredible yeah but but his offense is so inconsistent and when he's bad he is bad like Mm -hmm one of the worst in the league when he's not on. And it's just, I, I feel like a lot of teams, like especially young teams, will value him high. And we can probably get something, maybe a bullpen piece, just you know, for a trade, yeah. at least test the waters. Absolutely. Uh, I agree. I feel like he needs to stay on the trade block. Um, I think that like his offense is just not good for the team. With this team struggling, especially pitching-wise, It'd be nice if we could trade him for a top reliever because that's the thing. The Red Sox want to compete. We need some pitching help this year. Mm-hmm. That goes for starting and bullpen. I think the problem with, like, the obvious problem with trading Jackie Bradley is, like, what Matt was talking about, how he is, like, cream of the crop when it comes to defense. Gold glove candidate every single year of his career. He's only won once. And the the fact that he has these slumps and then these these hitting like great great weeks in a row and great streaks that he starts like he's what you just think a few seasons ago Jackie Bradley had this insane run probably 2016 season where he hit he had a hit in like 27 straight games to to where he is now and he went probably 20 games without a hit and he was searching for for his like the the breakout the slump if you will um, the same thing that kind of happened with, with Chris Davis over in Baltimore, just it wasn't like covered as much because it wasn't wasn't quite to that level, but it was still a bad slump. The pro- like he is when you look into the into the dictionary and search like streak player, streaky baseball player, Jackie Bradley is the picture next to it because of how great he can be. He won the American League Championship Series MVP two seasons right. ago mm-hmm. and then yeah, like yeah. had a batting average of two ten this season, something like that. Don't quote me on that. But Jackie Bradley is one of those streaky players. It will be difficult to to, to make a deal for like a, a top top reliever type guy because you don't want to give that for a guy who's only gonna can be contributing like two three hits a week um, during like the bulk of the season. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and and he's so talented too. Like he when he's when he gets on base, he's a mm-hmm. he's a threat to steal. He covers so much ground in center field. 
but it's just such a shame to see him swing and miss on fastballs high right. over and over and over again. And especially he had the he had this offseason where he said like, yeah, 2018 wasn't a great year for me, but I think I'm going to have like a breakout year. Like he was working with J.D. Martinez's hitting coach throughout the majority of the offseason when he was with the club in, in Florida for spring training and even beforehand during just like some optional workouts. Jackie Bradley was like working on his craft and like was confident like, yeah, this is going to be my year. This is going to be something different that you guys haven't seen before. I'm going to be like J.D. Martinez when it comes to holding a baseball bat in my hand. Like those guys are like the exact opposite. Like JD Martinez, yeah. you you have you have the the offensive juggernaut, but then like can barely catch a fly ball on the regular, and then you have Jackie Bradley who, who won't drop a ball to save his like to sa- save his life, and then can barely hit a ball either. Uh, so the third guy that we talked about to, or that got his arbitrated contract today was Matt Barnes, maybe the closer, the guy that we thought would be the closer um, at probably this time last year, but. Definitely was they didn't look comfortable in that role this year. Um, do you think he's one of those guys that could be like if if Alex Cora does the same kind of method before he like started leaning pretty heavily on Brandon Workman? Do you think Matt Barnes could be one of those guys who's like in in the ninth inning every so often in like a say a two run game? Yes, I have all the trust in him. He's how many how many years has be has he been on the Red Sox for? Two, three, four, something like that. Yeah, that's yeah, been a he, while. He's been on this team for a while. Um, I think he he can handle those situations. He's proved it. He's been, you know, he's had some ups and downs, but we've seen a lot of good with him in the Red Sox, and hopefully that that happens this year. That's what we need from yeah. him, especially with see all these players in the arbitration. I'd hope they have a chip on their shoulder, especially Matt Barnes. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice if we can use him in some eight eighth inning situations, ninth inning situations during the season. Yeah, I mean, I I'm I prefer him more in the setup role. If I'm gonna be honest, I feel like I think I think I'd I agree. agree there, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and like, I mean, you said earlier, if you're gonna look up somebody who's a streaky player in a dictionary, you'd see Jackie Bradley. Sometimes Matt Barnes is a good candidate for that too, and because of that, I don't feel that comfortable with him as a closer. I feel like if Matt Barnes is our closer, then we still have room for improvement in our bullpen. I think we need a real closer, and him as a real—he's a real setup man, and that's where he should be. That's a good point. I think Brandon Workman will step into that closer role nicely, especially if he's given that designation from spring training onwards. Like, yeah, this is your job; run with it. Like, this is what you have to do. Like, we're not going to be throwing you in there eighth inning. Like, we just need you to get three on the offhand, maybe four outs on, on any given day. Like, can you do that? And, like, you're going to get an answer from Brandon Workman. You're going to see what type of guy he is if he's able to to do that or if you're going to have to put, like, Ryan Brazier or Matt Barnes into that role again and kind of have, like, not a de facto – we're not going to have, like, a de facto closer. You're just going to have these eighth-inning guys that end up pitching into the ninth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll be interesting – how to see how um the new Red Sox GM Chime Bloom handles? Mm. Did I pronounce his name right? You did not. It's it's, it's like <laughs> it's like Middle Eastern. It's like the you know the ha. I am Chime Bloom. Bloom. What are you well, gonna call him? I think that I think he said in his press conference like call call me Haim. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about you know having the same roster from eighteen to nineteen and seeing a dip and play. I mean, maybe. Bringing in the young guy to to run things in the front office might spark something in the in the players, like when Farrell was brought in for thirteen and right. Cora was brought in for eighteen. Yep, so. and what I it'll be interesting to see what he does, especially with Jackie Bradley Jr. and Matt Barnes. You know, maybe he could use them together in a big trade at right. the trade deadline. Maybe you could bring in a starter. You know, if we had like another like high caliber starter, mm-hmm. we'd right. be all set. Especially with Chris Sale and his load yep. management. I mean, even though I, I hate load management, but it, it's I know, a thing I, that needs to happen. I think it. I think we might see that work its way in, into the Red Sox organization this year. Especially like all the all the innovative things that Alex Cora has brought to baseball. Especially like it, even look at the World Series run using the the guy that's starting the next day and kind of a closing role uh, out of the bullpen. I think you might start seeing that like the way you see it in basketball, load management. Like these guys may start getting like three. Or maybe like four or five days off instead of like three days between their starts. You might, expect, you might. I, I think you would definitely see that um, starting with a guy like Chris Sale who has not finished a season and like since the World Series and even before that he he was out for the last month or two of the season. You got to be able to manage these type of guys. Like you have to know like what their bodies are able to do. Like yes, he's one of the most elite pitchers in the game, but. He has that injury problem within his elbow. You got to see if he's even going to be healthy at the start of the season this year. 
because he had that potential. Almost almost lost him for the majority of the season from Tommy John if he was get, going to get that last season. But ended up he's not. He's good. Chris Sale's a go for now. He's healthy. All hopes are up for, for Chris Sale. I agree uh, with you. Um, I think they do need that load management. But they that doesn't mean like they have to work hard from the start. Like mm-hmm. they didn't feel like they didn't work hard enough in spring training last year. They're talking about load management. Well, they're just taking days off and going to the beach and golfing. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but um, the thing with Chris Sale is he definitely needs it because as much as I love him, as good of a pitcher he is, he's throwing his arm out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These pitchers, that's the Long thing season. today that they're throwing way too hard, and especially a guy like him, he's just humming the ball in there, throwing his stuff. Yeah. It's no wonder his elbow and shoulder injuries after yeah. all these years. It's there taking are, a toll on him. There are some guys you look around the league. I, I can't name any of them, but like you see how easy it is for them just to like speed it up. Like one of the guys we had recently in Boston, Joe Kelly. He was one of those guys who could get velocity on his ball, and it just looked seamless. Like it just looked effortless that he was get, like putting these balls in inside the zone in triple digits. Chris Sale, you're seeing the effort. You're seeing how hard it is. Also because of the arsenal that he has. He can he's like a four or five pitch guy. He's not just going to be throwing the fastballs. He's working on his craft. He's got different movements. Um, just learning how to to handle that and learning like he's he's a veteran in this league now. He right. he has to be able to understand like what his capabilities are, how long he can go, when it's time to like say, Hey, I can I shouldn't be going past this inning, like, hey, I'm at my pitch count. Even if that's only at like 70 on some days, but it may be 90, 95, 100 on other days. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, with Chris Sale too, you know, the way he pitches, he steps, the way he steps, mm-hmm. sidearm motion, it's not, it's hard to sustain that for such right. a long time. You know, Joe Kelly was had, was more of a fundamental in terms yeah. of his mechanics, throwing over the top. But Chris Sale, I mean, that's probably what makes him so good. He's so awkward and so hard to hit because of and that. And he can slider. hit anywhere in the zone, yeah. Right. But... But that that takes such a huge toll right. on his elbow. And, and definitely saw that at the end of last season with the potential for Tommy John, which was probably the worst notification I got all season. Like, oh, yeah, for sales I was like, oh, yikes. <laughs> See, this is why we need an additional starter, because it would be nice in April and May if Chris Sale could start once every eight to ten days instead of once every five days. Right. That's why I'm curious to see what Nathan Avaldi's role is going to be this season because the Red Sox like they signed him as a starter like or re-signed him as a starter and then moved him to the bullpen as he was like getting injured at the beginning of last season moved into the bullpen even said they like why not make him the closer um, so it, it will be interesting I think Nathan Avaldi may be that type of guy who may start the season in the bullpen and then like if the likes of Chris Sale or David Price were out for a game or two. Um, that Nathan Avaldi could be that guy to to step in because he's he's started games before. He knows how that um, that works. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought it, it kind of puzzled me when I found out that they were gonna you know try to use him as a reliever. Uh, I don't know. I I, I I just prefer him to be the yeah. role that he came to the majors as. It worked in uh, what game game three. World <laughs> oh, yeah. Series? He, he, it was basically, <laughs> basically, basically a starter. He pitched yeah. so many innings. Honestly. I think you're going to need to use him in, in the – I think, honestly, Evaldi today, I think he's better in the bullpen, but mm-hmm. they're going to probably you need just, him that, in the starting rotation. The I problem assume. is that contract. You just can't be paying that, that much to a guy who's coming out of the bullpen. Right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so two more um, arbitration deals that are still yet to – like come out we had those three Mookie bets Jackie Bradley Jr. and Matt Barnes today two more that stand out are Eduardo Rodriguez and Andrew Benintendi who are both um in like an arbitration eligible year this year but still don't have a number for what they're going to be getting paid next year just to finish up the arbitration talk Benny didn't have a great year last year and I think that's going to hurt his arbitration value um Erod had a great year and that's just going to keep bumping that up like the what he was able to do like he was Finished sixth, seventh in Cy Young in contention this year behind Justin Verlander, who ended up winning it. But Erod's one of those guys who will be like a number two, number three starter in the Red Sox organization this year I in think, that rotation. I think I think he's going to be the number one starter. That's my oh, that's a bold prediction. Chris, hot take. That's my hot take. That's my hot take. <laughs> if Chris Sale's not ready for for opening day, you think Erod might do it? Yep. Okay, I like that. Yeah. I think it'll we'll be the opening day start. We'll save this, flip that to the side for later. <laughs> we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll, re- we'll revisit this one in a few months from now, two months from now. And and with Andrew Benatendi, so I, I got to meet Andrew for the second time at Winter Weekend last year. 
kind of got unlucky because they put you in like a random autograph room and I got him twice in a row. And he said, I asked him, big year this year, Benny? And he said, yes. It really wasn't a big year. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I I still think he can improve. I mean, Erod in his first couple of years wasn't that great. And he's, he, but then out of nowhere, he's just skyrocketed since 2018. And I I have high hopes for Andrew still. He's, He's very talented. And yeah, I think he, eventually his bat's going to come along and be really, really deadly. He's turning into a veteran now, too. He's got to yeah. have he's got to have a, a big season. Like, he's due for one. You're starting um, to see, like, the guys that are back to your, like, veteran thing. Like, the, just the guys that were on, like, the 2016 roster. Those are veterans now. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Killer, the killer bees are, like, the <laughs> yeah. leader of this team now. Exactly. They're all um, grown up. <laughs> I think he's due for a huge year, honestly. Because mm-hmm. this year, he definitely struggled offensively. And he, you know what I mean? He's just, he's capable of producing right. more than, than he does each uh-huh. year. Yeah, and he's so fast, too. His speed has to be, like, he has to be one of the most underrated guys in the entire league when it comes to his speed. And, and he hustles, too. So, yeah. you know, you know he's trying hard every single day. So I think things are going to come around from either this year or next year. I just want to see more Andrew Benintendi in, like, the big moments in the postseason. Because, like, right. just, just in, like, game one of the World Series, I just looked at my... The, the chart for it he went four for four in that game before like the last inning before his last plate appearance he's he was ready for the moment and like just throughout the entire postseason run like Andrew Benintendi in the postseason was a different animal and it, it works like mm-hmm. he easily could have been like from from if you were to like vote on an MVP for for the World Series just from day one like it's ever evolving like you're seeing how guys are performing they're seeing how pitchers perform um but Andrew Benintendi was probably with Chris Sale, the front runners for for World Series MVP after the first day of competition, um, and I think he's he's got that in the tank, like you said, Matt. He just has to like rediscover that. Leave 2019 in the past. It was an off year. It was an off year for a lot of guys on the team. But you have to have you have to be able to rediscover that, find it, and like perform on a consistent basis to to be one of these elite guys and to man down <laughs> the left field at, at Fenway Park. Yeah, and I mean, and he has, I'm not to quote Skip Bayless here, but he has the clutch gene, I think. He does. You know, he made, he, he made that he catch in the, in the ALCS 2018. That, yeah, oh, man, that, that picture is so cool. Yeah. Just the, I, I mean, I, I know we're reminiscing yeah. a lot about 2018 and trying oh, to yeah. avoid 2019, but, you know, I, he, he can come up in the big moments, and mm-hmm. it's just, he just needs to keep, you know, playing consistent, and you know he has the ability to show up when, when we need him to, so... I think his potential is is very high. Yeah. Just to wrap up arbitration talk, it's always been a weird thing to me, like because like arbitration is you you get these two two sides, you get the players, you get the team in the in like a, a meeting, and then another party, like a third party, decides like, hey, this is how much you're getting paid. Run with it, and like <laughs> they, that's how like they they decide if, and then the players and um, management have like more conversations about like how close to that number they can actually get. And if if they want to make it work, and the Red Sox have made it work with these guys, and just just the fact that it's like literally you just go in and say, hey, you're good at this, but you're also bad at this, and I think that that probably hurts like some guys. Like I I don't remember who it was. It might have been Kevin Pillar. It was someone with the Blue Jays a few seasons ago who was who got an arbitrated deal and said like, oh yeah, man, some of the some of the things that my own team said about me in those meetings, like I'm gonna remember that. Like you're not like if if it comes down the line and you have the ability to resign me or I have this ability to go somewhere else for, for less money. I'm going to think I'm going to remember all the things you said about me in those meetings. And it's just a weird like concept to me. Just, Hey, do this for our team. But if you keep doing this, we're not going to give you as much money. It's like just basic contract yeah. stuff, but getting them like in the same room and saying, Hey, you suck at this. Like, that's why we're not giving you money. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure Jackie barely got an earful about his offense. That's You can look at it that way, but defense contract. This just feels like one of those seasons where you like have to win this year. You know what I mean? All these guys have you got to get back all the, the guys who are in arbitration have something to prove this year. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it, it should be a good, good thing to look at the stats for just those five guys alone looking at Mookie. Be a tough way to lose Mookie if he's on a plane to a different city next next exactly. off season after having a bad season. Exactly. So those are all the guys on arbitration. You guys have any any last thoughts? Um, I mean, I, I hope, uh, Ed, uh, E-Rod gets paid yeah. and yeah, that's pretty much it. Continuing with the good news, since we're going to go from like good news to the farewells, good news. We, we, we do have new players coming into right. Boston. Let's like, it's not like we're losing everybody, but 
we've got new guys. We have uh, Heimblum's bringing in a few new guys to replace some some of the old old veteran blood. Uh, first on the list was Utility Man. This one this one is kind of a bummer. Jose Peraza from the Cincinnati Reds. Our boy yeah. Adam from back in the day loves the Reds. He gassing this guy up, but the problem with this guy is everyone's presuming that Jose Peraza is going to be Brock Holt's Brock. replacement. Yep, and then with Pedroia talking about coming back too, it's really, really not looking good. So, right. and it really, really makes me upset because yeah. I couldn't be a bigger Brock Holt supporter. Exactly. And then two new pitchers coming into Boston. The first of which started started for the Twins last year. I think he had some bullpen games and then like some like because the Twins were one of the the teams that utilized bullpen games, especially since they only had two to three starters. And Martin Perez was one of these guys who uh, started some of those bullpen games for Minnesota. Left-handed pitcher, southpaw, coming to Boston. And then we also have Chris Mazza, who was claimed off waivers from the New York Mets. Right-handed pitcher coming to Boston. And then the most recent uh, was catcher Kevin Plaecki coming over from the Indians in a deal that saw Sandy Leone go to Cleveland. It was very, it was very sad to say goodbye to Sandy. It was. Uh, I saw him September 30th. I was at the game. I, I got a fist bump. I got an autograph from him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Now he's gone. That was the last time he ever wore a Red Sox uniform. Yeah, Godspeed, I mean, Sandy. I don't have that personal of a connection to Sandy. I mean, I, I mean, everyone calls him a living Hall of Famer. I think Brock Holt's a living Hall of yeah. Famer, uh, you know, active Hall of Famer. But, I mean, it sucks to see him go because, you know, yeah. he, he was always a good guy, probably a good clubhouse guy. But, you know, I, I'm sure his replacement is going to be fine. Yeah. Um, I think it was. I think about the Sandy Leone trade is that we saw this last season where Sandy Leone didn't start the season with the Red Sox and it hurt them. It right. hurt the starting pitching. Like you saw, like Chris Sale had bad numbers. David Price mm-hmm. did not have great numbers when uh, when Sandy Leone was not there. And you eventually saw the fall of Blake Swihart when he was uh, DFA'd and then traded out to, to Arizona. But. I think I, I just don't know what's going to happen with the Sandy Leone deal yet. It will take some time because it's just literally catcher for a catcher deal. You're going to see like uh, probably the offensive numbers. I would expect to see them go up from a guy like Kevin Plock. Yeah, I have no no idea, but we're going to call him. I he's got a funny last name. He's K Plaw <laughs> now. It works. K Plaw. K Plaw. Manning well, Manning the the backup catcher role behind Christian Vasquez. That's a good point you brought up though. I completely forgot. I, I mean. I remember that he didn't start the season mm-hmm. with the Red Sox, but I forgot how how poorly everyone did when he wasn't right. there. It's kind of like the um the Jared Saltalamacchia John Lester yeah. deal where they couldn't be together; it just didn't work. Exactly. They had to have David Ross step in. So yeah. I mean, I hope I hope uh whatever the nickname we just gave him, I already forgot what it was. I hope, I hope yeah, Kplo. I hope Kplo, you know, <laughs> makes some good decisions behind the plate. Yeah, um, it's very sad seeing Sandy go. He was. Good backup catcher, especially on nights that uh, Vasquez wasn't playing. Because Vasquez, I love Vasquez. Vasquez had a great season. Um, the pitchers have a lot of adjusting to do this year. They got a new pitching coach, um, and they have Kate Plaw too. Because the catcher, <laughs> <laughs> did it's I say funny. it right? Yeah, it's just funny. I like it. <laughs> it's, it works. You gotta have a nickname for a guy named Kevin. Yep. No one's gonna call him Kevin. Come on, K Plaw. Coming over from the Indians, it will be. It, yeah, I think that'll be a thing to watch. You should be able to see from spring training that from the get go, like seeing first three innings, see see how he's able to to call a game, see what his like his strategy is, how he's be, how he's going to be able to work with these elite pitchers. Uh, and you gotta know that he worked with elite guys over in Cleveland too, like uh, Carlos Carrasco and uh, Corey Kluber. Like he, he knows how to work with elite guys. He knows how to call a game. It is going to be unique to see how he adapts to, to guys like Chris Sale, David Price, if he ends up pitching with those guys, even Erod, who's who's just got some elite balls right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So moving on from the new socks and the arbitration socks, it's time to say farewell to, to some of our favorite Red Sox players, at least at least two of them, who are definitely gone for good. We already said goodbye to Sandy Leone, who's who's definitely not a Red Sox anymore. He's he's definitely an Indian, not coming back. He was he was in AAA last season and not going to be like a you know, like a a March April call up to the Red Sox. 
but Cy 2016 Cy Young Award winner Rick Porcello. Right. Yeah. I mean, Porcello always kind of kind of bothered me because after 2016, I was like, "Oh, this guy, we 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 got a, a gem right here," and then he never lived up. Yeah. He never got anywhere close to those numbers ever again. But I mean, it's it sucks to see him go. He he was a he was a good guy, but we gotta move on at some point. Exactly. He got a one year deal with the New York Mets. Uh, him pers- he had a rough twenty nineteen season, mm-hmm. but man, I thought he was a good pitcher. I really wish he was coming back this year. It's kind of disappointing. That being said, I just hope we bring in another starter. Yeah. He he had one of the high points of the season in a pitching performance. I think he shut out the Yankees this year, and that was like his moment yeah. of the year. Yeah, another streaky player. Right. But streaky enough. He was that streaky, but he would show up when you wins. needed him. Right. I don't know his numbers, but this, from this last season, I, I know they were definitely a dip from like a guy being in Cy Young contention. But um, seeing a guy that was able to win 20 games with a, a Red Sox team that got bumped from the playoffs without without even winning a game, um, it, it is impressive. But shout out to Rick Porcello. We're going to miss you out here in Boston. Maybe maybe Dylan might not, but see <laughs> <laughs> right. you on the other side, Rick Porcello. Still a champion. It is it is funny to look at the that like when the Nationals were in the World Series and seeing that guys like Scherzer were able to win a World Series that that D- Detroit Tigers lineup from six seven years ago that had like Porcello it had Annabelle Sanchez it had Matt Scherzer it had Justin Verlander and seeing that all these guys have all moved away from Detroit moved on to, to three different teams and they're all now world champions yeah. it, it is funny looking at that list. It's like KD Westbrook and Harden. The <laughs> right. They all they all got an MVP once once one of them leaves. And right. then the World Series MVP. Steve Pierce is no longer with the Red Sox. Yeah, it was on a one year deal following the twenty eighteen World Series win, but has since unofficially retired from baseball. So mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you, Steve Pierce, for everything you did. Thanks for winning the Sox World Series and hitting some really important big bombs and in LA. Yeah, I mean uh, I, I believe me, I love Steve Pierce. I personally think David Price got robbed of the World Series MVP. That's just me. But uh yeah, I'm going to miss him. He I mean he he grew up in in Massachusetts, right? right? If I'm not mistaken. So, you know, it was always his dream to play for the Red Sox. So, I mean, retiring with the Red Sox is you it's a good know, way, to go, a good way to go out. Yeah. Especially since he's played for what like I remember this when we when we traded for him that he has played for every single American League East team and playing for the Red Sox like fulfilled that like dream of his that he talked about. Mm-hmm. And then, Big shout yeah. out to Steve Pierce. Um, great. Thought he was a great hitter during his career. Great, big power hitter. Got um, stuff from him, right? Yep. I met him at Dick's Sporting Goods last year. <laughs> and good place to end his career in Boston. You know, even though he didn't play in the 2019 season, who cares? Mm-hmm. He won the World Series MVP in 2018. Yeah, mm-hmm. proven enough. So to those three, to Rick Porcello, to Steve Pierce, to Sandy Leone, thank you. Right. Thank we'll you. We'll see you on the other side. And then, gotta so say we gotta, goodbye to uh, <laughs> Sam Travis too. Right? We got Sox. well. We got two two guys that are, were designated for assignment this week. We got Sam Travis, who right. who cleared waivers by the way. With I, my thing about Sam Travis, he's one of those guys like Blake Swire who just never wears batting gloves. And it just looks funny. It just because everyone wears batting gloves nowadays. He's like one of those rare guys who who doesn't anymore. Uh, but he cleared waivers, so he's he is still in the Red Sox system, and he's going to be playing for Pawtucket this year. Unless I I I wouldn't be surprised if they called him up pretty pretty quick because he's got that type of big league power. He also was drafted in the same year as uh, Michael Chavis, so those I guys think he's a some, good hitter. Yeah, no, those um, guys have some history together. Definitely, he even contributes when he comes up. To the Red Sox, but him and uh, Ruzne Casillo are running the city of Pawtucket down there. <laughs> They're gonna Ruzne run Pawtucket, and it maybe even in Worcester in in, in two years. Um, but then the the second of the guys that were DFA'd today, or not today, but at least this week today, Marco Hernandez was DFA'd, which is it is an interesting move considering the Red Sox like they didn't tender him a contract at the end of the season, and then they signed him to a new contract. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now a month later, him. they say bye bye. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, didn't he get DFA during the season? I don't yeah. think so. He he just didn't clear or no he he wasn't tendered a contract, so he was non-tendered at mm-hmm. the end of 2019. Is that's how it worked? And then they gave him a contract hours later. <laughs> you know, he was the thing I liked about him. He was good pinch hit pinch hitting yeah. guy. You come in late game situations, get some big moments, get a hit in the games. eighth, ninth inning for us. Get on base. That's what I liked about him. He had speed on the bases. He was a good he guy. Always came in sharp, ready to play. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But it it the Marco Hernandez thing. It does kind of open a door for a Brock Colt reunion if you That's... see like if you want to pay a guy to potentially replace Dustin Pedroia if Pedroia is not healthy again. Marco Hernandez was one of those utility guys, but along with Martin or uh, along with Jose Pereza, I don't even know how to say his name. Jose Peraza. Yeah, I think it's Peraza. Peraza. You have Peraza, and if you had Hernandez, though that that'd be a definite no on Brock Holt. But now that you don't have Hernandez, and you you only have Peraza as like your main utility guy, it does put it it makes you look twice at a potential Brock Holt reunion. Yeah, I think Brock Holt. Like, I mean, I know I'm a huge fanboy of him. You are too, Brandon. I feel like everyone should be. Yeah. But but besides that, like he besides like everything, he is a great guy to have in the clubhouse. I don't. I don't think there there is a better teammate in baseball than Brock Holt. I I, I can't imagine how fun it is to to play with him every <laughs> single day. And and the fact that he plays every position. Right. That's so that's so valuable. Anyone could get injured other than a catcher or a pitcher, and he could step in for them. Exactly. Hey, he you you may see him throw a game eventually. I I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> right. Position that's, player. That's what I always inning. wanted. That, <laughs> so I, what are you guys thoughts? Do you think he's Boston. coming back? Who? Brock Colds, he coming back? Oh, prediction time. Uh, we should go around the horn. Will Brock Holt return? All right, I'll I'll I'll, I'll start. I mean, so I'm I'm going to winter weekend. So is Dylan. And if he doesn't get signed by then, he won't be there. Okay. And I don't think he'll be signed by then, which really makes me upset. And to be honest, I don't know. I I feel like. I don't know why it's so hard, you know, just to sign him for a contract. He wants to play here, but I don't think it's going to happen, to be honest. I really I... don't either. Okay. Um, I mean, I just don't think we the Red Sox have the room right now. Um, you know, they're trying to make room to, to add another pitcher or two, and I think that's where their focus is going into the season. I think the Red Sox will find a way to make it work. I think that's the reason he hasn't signed a contract yet, uh, because true. there's a lot of teams that could use his talent. So I think the last the last few rumblings that I've heard are teams like Cleveland, even the Yankees. Uh, mm-hmm. Oakland's gone into the mix. The Nationals even. Um, yeah, I've heard Marlins too. Yeah, and the Marlins. And the the problem is in Boston, you just how busy, like how crowded the infield is right now. I think it's going to be a lot of conversations between Dustin Pedroia and management, and then management with 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 Brock Holt to see what the potential is for a re- possible re- reunion. And I think that deal would probably look along the lines of maybe a year or two. I think the most Brock Holt gets in a contract is maybe seven, eight million dollars a year. Yeah. Maybe maybe put that in two or three years. Uh, unless he comes back to Boston on potentially a one-year deal for, for say, what the Sox could afford right now to maybe five, six million dollars. That would be the only way to see Brock Holt return into a Red Sox uniform. But if if those parameters aren't met, I don't think he's going to be returning to the Sox. And I think you see him end up in a team maybe out west. Yeah, and just to touch on the Pedroia part, uh, I wrote a blog on Pedroia not too long ago, so go check that out if you haven't. But uh, personally, I, I love Pedroia as a person. You know everything he's done, the way he plays, and I honestly I don't want to see him back because of the oh. love I have for him as a person. Because I, I feel like I, it just scares me. He, if he keeps coming back and he keeps getting re-injured, or yeah. you know what I mean, like I I want him to just be able to you know walk totally. and play with his kids someday. You know if he keeps hurting himself, hurting in that knee that he has injured. You know, it could be like really serious, and I, right. I think, I mean, he he has heart. He he really wants to play, but I feel like some people are too tough for their own good. And we've yeah. seen this like what is this like? What, this would be like the third year in a row, I think. He comes back, plays maybe a week, gets injured, and then we don't see him. It's again. such a disappointing story because he's still on his contract. You know, he right. really he's got an he's expensive a, contract. 
he's a big team guy. You know, he's not one of those. He's not. He's not Jacoby Ellsbury. Okay, <laughs> right. Like, he he re, he actually really wants to play. It's just frustrating. Like he gets his knee surgically repaired. He comes out, plays a few games. Oh, he's got to get the the surgery done over again because he tore whatever. Matt, it is interesting you say that because yesterday on Boston's Big Three podcast, we had half the guys saying they don't want to see Tom Brady back in a in like a red or in a Patriot uniform, but for his own good. And now we got you saying that you don't want to see Dustin Pedroia back for right, his well, own good. Well, look, I disagree with them. I want Tom Brady back <laughs> so badly, and uh, but but it's just different. But Tom it Brady is. isn't injured. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you look at Dustin Pedroia, he's like one of those clubhouse guys, like. He's just a dog when it comes to, to, to playing baseball. Like, he wants to be out there. He's a like, he is the purest competitor you're ever going to see. Like, I remember right. hearing a story about when he was in college, he went to Arizona State University. Um, and here, like, from his first day, like, when he got to the team, like, he told the starting, like, second baseman, like, hey, you're not going to have a spot on this roster in, in like a <laughs> few months. Like, I'm going to take your job. And, and lo and behold, he went out there and he proved it. It took him a little longer than he said, but. It, he's proved it, and he is one of those elite talents, especially on the shorts or uh, in in the infield at at second base, who can still make a great plays, who can still, I say that like very loosely, can still hit a baseball. He didn't have a great numbers when he in a few games that he has played in the last three years, but I would like to see Dustin Pedroia back, and I think he does have that year where he gets getting healthy. Like he said, he's talking talking to to new management, he's talking to Heim Bloom about what his ex- expectations are for for 2020, and he's he's verbally said like he expects to play this year. I don't know what that's going to look like. I know like last year we we saw him in that like kind of bench coach role right, when he yeah. couldn't play, like still traveling with the team for for majority of the season. But I think this is the ugh, I've said this so many times this. I don't think he starts opening day, but I think Dustin Pedroia makes that return for the Red Sox, and it's one of the loudest ovations you're ever going to hear. And it's not going to be like, oh, you're watching your dog get old, and you're just watching, waiting for your dog to kind of move on, and, and <laughs> so you can get a new one and fully commit. I think it's, uh, it's hard, it's hard to imagine like, like the like the Patriot thing. It's hard to imagine a, a Patriots team without Tom Brady. It's hard to imagine a Red Sox team that doesn't have Dustin Pedroia, even if it's not in like a coaching or on an on-field role. You're going to see Dustin Pedroia this season in some capacity. We just don't know what it is yet, and that makes it really hard to figure out what you want to do with a guy like Brock Holt, who's still available and wants to come back, and a guy like Dustin Pedroia, who's being paid a lot of money to not play. Right, and I mean, like, uh, to me, it just seems like the same old story over and over again. I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a story last year, last offseason, saying that they wanted Pedroia to hit leadoff on opening day. I I don't know if you remember that. It, it it was a crazy, and obviously that didn't happen. Right. He came came in, in like May or June, I think, and then he played like only a handful of games. And I I don't know. I I personally would love to see him as a bench coach. Mm-hmm. I think, or at least some type of coach. He I think he works great with the young right. talent we have. And Jason Veritek's it, doing great at that right now, and I I think right. he is. I think yeah. Dustin Bedroya could be that next guy. Right. Yeah, that's exactly. what I hope too, because that's the thing is the players like, you know, with the fans it's a different story, but the players. Like that's mm-hmm. Dustin Majora is the the guy to be around in the clubhouse. They all love him. Mm-hmm. He's one of the top dogs in yeah, that clubhouse. Yeah, exactly. And he's gonna help. He's not. He's going to. He's going to help you get better. I. You just look at that play. I think this might be one of my favorite plays that involved Dustin Majora all year because he was on the bench coaching coaching Rafael Devers, who was in like kind of a mini slump. Even though Rafi had a great season, it was against the Rockies in Colorado when. Uh, Devers like lined out or something. He his his first at bat he didn't get on base and he was over over one and like over five in his last few at bats. And Pedroia is talking to him and like there's a video of him like showing like swing like or you, you can't tell what he's saying but he's like coaching coaching young Rafael Devers and then mm-hmm. Devers next at bat is a triple down the line. It's like so <laughs> whatever Pedroia is doing it's working. He's got that magic touch. He's got. He's got that kind of voice that you want to play for this kind of guy, and I wouldn't. I would expect to see him in some kind of managing role in in not not the too distant future. Maybe even by the end of the decade, if he's like starts in the Red Sox system and continues coaching and managing, I think you could see him work his way up the Red Sox ladder in that role after his playing career is finished. Yeah, I I agree. I I would love to see him as a manager someday in the future. Obviously, hopefully for the Red Sox. Totally. And. Yeah, I, I I feel like he has all the makings to be a good coach, which is another reason why I kind of don't really want to see him return again. 
Gotcha. You know, I, I really hope he steps on the field again this year. I think he's not going to start that many games, but I think he can. I really hope he can at least be used in like a pinch hitting situation right. situations this year. You know, I feel like Pedroia still has that clutch gene in him. Right, you know, yeah. he could always come through if you need him in the, the late innings of the game. Yeah. I think I think Dustin Pedroia is going to have one of those, like, end-of-career moments. He's not going to just walk away from baseball. Like, no way we've seen Dustin Pedroia play in his last MLB game. I yeah, think exactly. He's you're going to see Pedroia yet. enter the field. Like, you're gonna, I think he's got one of those careers, like, you know when it's going to be done. He's going to be one of those guys who's who doesn't just up and leave the game. He's going to be one of those guys like who sets a date like, yes, once my contract's done, I'm done. And then like this game is going to be my last game. Like you're going to know the dates. You're like you're going to know when Dustin Pedroia is playing his last game at Fenway, whether it be in this season, next season or the year after when his contract is finished. You're going to know when Dustin Pedroia is done. He's going to let everyone know. It's not going to be one of those lingering things like, oh, will we ever get to see this guy again? You're going to I, I promise like he's going to be one of these guys who you will know when he's going to hang him up and you'll get to see him one last time and get that great Fenway ovation that he deserves. Mm-hmm. Yep. And why not? How, how much, how many years do you have left on his contract? One or two, two or three. I think, two? I think okay. it might be 2022. I just really hope, you know what I mean? He has like one of those like Carmelo Anthony type comebacks. Yeah. He's like Carmelo's <laughs> doing this year. Exactly. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. So and if he, if he has one of those comeback stories and he does end up becoming a big role, yeah, Red Sox are winning it all this year. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that. World Series MVP? Dustin Pedroia, baby. Big Pedroia guys have guy. the wave. Absolutely. Uh, just to finish up, wrap up our, our Sox talk, we have a few more free agents to talk about other than Brock Holt. I just want to see what your guys' reactions are to these three guys who aren't currently on rosters and the Red Sox haven't re-signed. And if you – would potentially like to see any of these three guys back. Those include Andrew Kashner, Ulysse Chassin, and Mitch Moreland. Uh, out of the three, I definitely want to see Mitch Moreland the most. Mm-hmm. That's my initial reaction. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's a tough call. Th- those guys definitely deserve to be held off for a bit, see, where, see what we're looking like for cap room and then assess the situation from there. But, yeah, that's, Mitch Moreland, I think, out of the three, is definitely the one I want to see most come back. Definitely Mitch Moreland. You know, I'm sorry. I know you guys are big fans, but I think he has more value than Brock Colt. He's a really good hitter. <laughs> Brock Colt's I, the I, greatest player of all time. <laughs> <laughs> They're both great players. That's just my opinion. I feel that um, he's a key piece in the lineup. You know what I mean? He four or five hitter in the lineup, you you still need that offense Mm because the pitching might not do us too well this year. Right. We need as much much offense as we can get. I do not want to see a repeat of Chris Sale getting 17 strikeouts and a loss. I never want to see that. That would be poor. That that would be really frustrating to see again. But I think out of of those guys, I don't think anyone wants to see Andrew Kashner back. I don't think we know (laughs) all of Chassin's potential yet. Um, but I think Mitch Moreland, he's going to be one of those guys who's going to, I think he's going to get a contract somewhere else. And it's going to be pretty hefty, even if it's, it, it may even be a reunion with the Texas Rangers. Um, but I think the Red Sox have announced that like Bobby Dahlbeck, he's like, he's coming up. Like he's going to be the next guy over on the, the first base side of the infield. And I think he's going to be Mitch Moreland's replacement as soon as, as soon as next month when, when everyone starts reporting to camp. Um, but I think, Mitch Moore. I think all three of these guys are done in Boston. Just to, to wrap up the free agency talk, I don't yeah, think. Now, now that you say that about Dahlbeck, it makes me come to yeah. believe that he's not going to be yeah. coming back. And you can't forget about Michael Chavis too. Exactly. Stepping at first base. These young guys are coming in and they're performing. I, the Reds, like the Red Sox, have a bad track record of like, yeah, we give contracts to guys that don't really deserve them. Um, but I think their their farm system of recent years, like all these guys that have been drafted, you see like the pure like the outfield is all like homegrown and you see guys coming up like Chavis and Dahlbeck, these guys that have power and are great ball players that have like developed in the sock system is it's working and it's it, mm-hmm. the sock system works. Um, and I think Heim Bloom sees all the talent that's down there and is like, yes, we can get the same kind of production out of a guy out of a rookie like Dahlbeck as we could from Mitch Moreland. And we won't have to pay him nearly close to what, to what Moreland was getting paid. Right. Right. So that and, wraps and- 
Oh, yeah, so far, you have last thoughts on Sox Talk? Uh, so far, I have no problems with what Heim Bloom's doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, free agency and off the offseason isn't Brock. done. <laughs> yeah, if he doesn't get Brock, then the rating yeah, it's a failure. On, on, the, the, on the Bloom scale is going down. But, <laughs> yeah. You got any last last Sox Talk thoughts, Dylan? Um, not really. <laughs> Spring training starts in what, Excited. five, six weeks? Pitchers and catchers are reporting in a few weeks. Exciting Truck days, uh, three, winter weekend. Winter weekend. Ooh. Yeah, you guys want to talk I'm gonna about try winter and, weekend for a bit? Matt's going to be a winter weekend. Yeah, I'm going to try and make the trip out there. I, I'm a winter weekend veteran. I've been going for the past two years at Foxwoods Resort Casino, but now they've moved it to Did Springfield, they? I believe. Okay. Yeah, it makes me upset because I've been, I've like, even before yeah. winter weekend, I used to go to Foxwoods sometimes. But Yeah, Foxwoods is dope. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, you know. And that that also be telling who shows up. I don't think anybody who isn't signed will show up. So like I don't think Brock will show up yeah. unless he gets signed soon. But uh, yeah, it's always a fun event. You know, obviously last year's was kind of sour because it was the most hyped up one. Like we just came off a World Series championship. Yeah. It was they went all out for it. They had like huge auditoriums this time, and we fell flat. But you know, I, I'm I, I have my hopes high. Yeah, that when that'll weekend's be... be good. That'll be oh, yeah. a great week for for content. Stay, stay tuned. Ryan Weaves is going to be taking over. Yeah. <laughs> We're definitely be taking over page. on uh, the hot corner page, and then as well as the main page. Definitely keep keep an eye out on the stories over there for for what these guys are up to out in Springfield, right? Springfield, yeah, Mass. Now, I, I I believe it is that that's what I heard. Yeah, Rep Central, Mass, baby. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that wraps up Sox Talk. I, we'll touch briefly on the free agency like process that's gone on all the big names i think you just want to touch on like the big three like these were the guys who were like signed day one and uh, for the mega millions uh jackpot deals if you will and those started with garrett cole yeah, leaving garrett the cole. astros who mm-hmm. like lost like they did first off the astros didn't use garrett cole in game seven of the world series that's like <laughs> not using marshawn lynch on the one yard line in the Super Bowl. <laughs> they didn't. Right, right. They had Garrett Cole available, did not use him, and, and then he ends up walking in free agency. I think right. that that probably played a lot more into the the free agency decision than a lot of people think. Like Houston was in talks with him to bring him back, but you got You're always gonna have that thing. Like, why didn't well, you let win you a World Series? Well, his contract is huge too. Way yeah, too I, big in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. me as well. I, Way me, too big. Me personally. For baseball in general, I'm not a fan of long like contracts yeah. of a lot of years because anything can happen in baseball. It's like one of the most unpredictable sports there is. Players get injured left and right. People uh, just lose their mojo left and right. And yeah. I mean, I, I think it'll be good for a few years with the Yankees, but I, I don't think it'll be good for all nine years, $324 million. Yeah. And I would I would argue that Garrett Cole he's not the best pitcher in in even New York. I think right. the Yankees don't even have the best pitching rotation in New York. I think you look over at the New York Mets and what they've acquired and what they've kept. You look at the guys that were on the trade block, like they were thinking about trading Noah Syndergaard, and they end up trading for uh, the guy from what's his name? You remember? Shoot, Team USA played in Toronto. Ah. Uh. Oh, what is his name? I totally forgot. But you, even without him, you still look at the like signing Porcello, former Cy Young winner. You got Jacob Degrom leading that staff, Cy Young winner, and Noah Syndergaard, perennial Cy Young candidate. Mm-hmm. Right. New York's got a great staff, and I don't think people realize like, yeah, the Yankees—they're the Yankees. But you look over at the what the Mets—the Mets are trying to win this year, and it's very evident in in the moves that they've made recently, especially with Seattle last year, and then. In, in acquiring a uh, mystery pitcher from Toronto and then Rick Porcello. <laughs> right. I think the Mets are going to be good. Right. And, I mean, the Yankees – I hate the Yankees so much. You you want to talk about overpaying for people? They, they give away money like it's nothing, and they don't even care. I don't know where John all this Stanton, comes from, to be yeah. honest. What did John Carlos Stanton do last year? He watched from the, the dugout for three months at least. <laughs> yeah, and he was getting paid to do so. A ton of money. It, it, it's it's to be honest it makes me jealous that they have this much money that they're able Just to spend throwing out yeah but you can yeah. argue the Mets have a better rotation but it's still scary how good the Yankees are how mm-hmm. good they're going to be this year too it is I worth mean, noting 
the the Red Sox potential starting lineup on opening day has a batting average of 310 against Garrett Cole. Oh, okay. That's good. Okay. I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> uh, we also got Anthony Rendon signing Anthony for seven Rendon. years. Seven years to the, the LA Angels. Angels of Anaheim. I, I like that deal. I think that's a good deal. I mm-hmm. think you're going to see the Angels start being more competitive more and more uh, to, to try to get Mike Trout into the postseason. Baseball is probably better in the long run if Mike Trout is in the postseason. You, if the best guy and best player in baseball of our generation right. isn't in the postseason, people aren't going to tune in to watch. If you right. see a, like, if, like it's kind of like LeBron James in the playoffs. You want to see the best guys in the playoffs, and baseball didn't has not had that for at least three four years. Even though like you see MVPs like Mookie Betts winning the winning the championship, but. I think a lot of people would not even beg to argue that Mike Trout's the best player in baseball, and right. he hasn't been to the postseason in two, three years. Right, and, and that's that's such that's such a bad thing for the game too. Mm-hmm. He, he should be the most promoted guy in the game. Yeah, but he's it's marketable. So hard to promote him because he's on the Angels and they never make right. the playoffs. And this guy's last name is Trout. That's that's <laughs> yeah. great. That's good right, stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm tired of seeing all this Bryce Harper promotion. In my right. opinion. Bryce Harper is great, but I think he's one of the most overrated guys in sports in general. I, I would agree, right. um, but I, I do like this deal for Rendon. Rendon got his back. He he potentially could have signed an extension with with the Nationals. I know that those numbers came out at at some point this season um, when the Nationals were basically a 500 team and ended up being world champions. But Rendon declined that deal and wanted a test free agency, similar to what the Red Sox and Mookie Betts have in, in their pond right now. And I think you could see something similar to this deal for Mookie Betts when when he hits free agency, if he hits free agency. But Rendon had the option to sign that extension. You may see Mookie Betts say, hey, what the heck? I could stay here, like not have to worry about moving my family across the country uh, and stay in Boston, like where I'm comfortable, where these guys like homegrown uh, mentality to stay with that outfield. And you kind of see that with... Steven Strasburg, he didn't give the Nationals a hometown discount, but he still signed that mega mega right. deal with them to, to keep right. him around. And right, about to was, say that, yeah. It was the biggest Speaking contract. Speaking on uh, Rendon, um, I think it's a good place to start for the Angels. I don't think they're good enough, honestly, to make the playoffs again this year. They'd have to but, be uh, better than the Astros, yeah. Yep. Um, but it's a good place to start, similar to the Mets. I feel like they're kind of in like a rebuilding phase right now. And you know what? Why not build around the World Series MVP and the the MLB MVP, right? Mike Trout. World Series MVP. <laughs> Did he win World Series? <laughs> no, <he was> that <laughs> was Strasburg. Fair All point, right. though. I I think I think the Angels will be competitive. I think they will underperform just because they are the Angels. But I do think you see teams like. Um, like Houston and Oakland still perform up to those. I, I think everyone thought Oakland that great year was just an enigma and no one knew why that even happened. But the fact that they were able to duplicate it the season afterwards um, speaks a lot to what's going on in Oakland right now. I think it's you can't overlook what they're what's happening out there. And I think they will be contending for for the AL West. Right, right. And I think another sleeper team is the Phillies. They had high expectations last year, but now they have Girardi. And now they also got um Wheeler, I, oh yeah they're Gregorius too yeah they're they're improving yeah and if Bryce Harper has a season like he's uh, is capable to have doesn't have another underwhelming season then they definitely can make a big postseason run I think exactly all right so I think we'll start getting into some some of the DM responses we, we guys got to step it up but uh we got do you think Mookie should stay past 2020 well, I mean, if I'm Mookie, I'm saying yes. But, I mean, if the Red Sox, if they can afford them, obviously yes. Yeah. yeah. I think you got it. You got to try. You just got to keep throwing numbers at Mookie Betts. Like, <laughs> yeah. try to extend him. Get an extension. I don't want I don't want Mookie Betts testing free agency because that's yeah. just that just makes me uneasy. That probably makes every every Red Sox fan in the country uneasy. Um, you want it, you want Mookie Betts on this team. It's going to cost a lot of money. I know you said you didn't like those long-term contracts, but Mookie Betts is one of these marketable players. He's great for yeah. the game of baseball, and he's probably the best homegrown talent the, the Sox have had since, geez, no, since anybody, really. Yep, and he's the face of the franchise pretty exactly. much. you got to do whatever you can to, to mm-hmm. keep him in the, the Red Sox uniform. That's where he belongs. Yeah. So do you think Mookie should stay past 2020? Yes. Do I think the Red Sox... Will 
that's 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 where you get a lot of the question marks and the the uneasiness sets in. Um, and that that question came from Matt underscore five oh nine blue, and then from Ben Norton. What are we supposed to do without Brock Holt? Uh, I think we should uh, relocate. To be honest, uh, sell the team. Uh, maybe I, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know what would happen if we lose Brock Holt. It's it's lose- going to be a dark day in Boston. That's that's going to honestly. I'm I'm more scared of Brock Holt not being in a, a Boston uniform than Tom Brady. That's my favorite number twelve in Boston sports, and I will hate the <laughs> right, day right. to see me, Brock me too. Holt. Leave. Absolutely, I got a big Brock Holt jersey hanging on my wall, and that thing's never coming down. You know, if Brock exactly. Holt doesn't come back, you got to give Griffin Holt his MLB contract. You got to <laughs> pay for his college start education. contracts at the family first from, round from day one. <laughs> got to be ready. Claim him. Exactly. <laughs> right now, so, three years old. <laughs> That wraps up episode 19 of, of Socks and Four podcast, the off-season edition of our show. We'll definitely be back by spring training for, for, for more coverage to see what the, the Red Sox deals are currently. And we still got a lot, of, a lot of progress to be made about what the Red Sox roster is going to look like on opening day. It will be interesting to see like where these guys end up, where, where Brock Holt ends up, where what, what the number is for Erod and Benny's salaries for out of arbitration, which should be coming out at some point this week. But um, definitely keep keep it tuned to MLB Hot Corner. Uh, once again, we are presented by Ride the Wave Media and brought to you by One in One Hundred, and that is episode nineteen of Socks and Four. See you guys. Uh. Uh. Toss and turn, I keep stressing my mind, mind I look for peace, but see I don't attain What I need for keeps, this silly game we play play. Now look at this Madness the magnet keeps attracting me, me I try to run, but see I'm not that fast I think I'm first, but surely finish last, last Cause day and night The lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night He's all alone through the day and night The lonely loner seems to free his mind at night At, at, at night Day and night The lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night He's all alone, some things will never change The lonely loner seems to free his mind at night At, at, at night Hold the phone the lonely stoner, Mr. Solo Dolo He's on the move, can't seem to shake the shade Within his dreams, he sees the life he made Made The pain is deep A silent sleeper, you won't hear a peep, peep. The girl he wants don't seem to want him to It seems the feelings that she had her through Through Cause day and night The lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night He's all alone through the day and night The lonely loner seems to free his mind at night At, at, at night Day and night The lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night He's all alone, some things will never change The lonely loner seems to free his mind at night Temple slows up and creates that new, new He seems alive though he is feeling blue The sun is shining, man he's super goo, goo The lonely nights They fade away, he slips into his white nikes He smokes a clip and then he's on the way To free his mind and searcher To free his mind and searcher To free his mind and searcher Day and night the lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night He's all alone through the day and night The lonely loner seems to free his mind at night At, at, at night Day and night The lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night He's all alone, some things will never change The lonely loner seems to free his mind at night
Cleveland status, I don't day, Cleveland status, I don't night.